Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. So it gives me great pleasure to actually uh, have on our show LinkedIn Smart today um, a very important guest and uh, his name is Bruce Bennett. He's a LinkedIn trainer. He's a career counsel. Uh, he does coaching and mentoring. Uh, he does a lot of public speaking, podcasting, blogging, all sorts of different kind of things. Bruce, thank you very much uh, for being uh, with us on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm very excited to have this opportunity. Bruce, before we start uh, asking you some, um, uh, some questions about uh, LinkedIn and strategies and tips and things like that, I would like to know what is your beginning with LinkedIn? Uh, did you start like many of us uh, uh, years back, years back when we had just a LinkedIn profile, didn't really know what to do with it. And then one day suddenly, you know, we realized that actually that uh, can be good for our business. Was, was your journey similar? Um, I've been a long time uh, LinkedIn user. I started back in uh, 2006. And uh, back then I started using it for business development, you know, understanding the, the clients that I was approaching, building my network. Um, in 2009, uh, I went to a session by our marketing department uh, and it was geared for people who wanted to start learning about LinkedIn and Twitter. Now I had had LinkedIn and I had a Twitter account, but it hadn't really used it much. So I was really going in there thinking I'll learn something. And then within a few minutes, I realized, oh my God, uh, I'm being outed as the LinkedIn guru for the company. Because, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the marketing director said, well, if you want to expand your network quickly, we have many people who have just a few connections. And then there's one outlier that has 189. <laughs> That's like, oh my. So they said, connect with Bennett and you can start growing your network real quickly. So I've used it ever since. Has there been any, any specific moment which um, kind of, um, you know, prompt you to start doing your LinkedIn training or uh, start teaching other people how to use LinkedIn for the business or for the job seeking? Was there any, any specific time where you, where you felt, okay, now I'm ready to do that? Yeah, there, there, I think I have to point to back around 2010. And, you know, of course, the, the the economy had really kind of tanked in 2007, 2008 here in uh, the United States, uh, the housing market, people were unemployed en masse. I mean, starting networking programs and such, there was a uh, Harper College Career Stimulus Program, which was a monthly event. And they would have different speakers come in, there would be breakout sessions. And, um, the, the leader of the group said to me, we, my LinkedIn trainer got a job. It, can, can you maybe do something? That's like, oh yeah, I could put something together because I've always done a lot of public speaking. So it was very easy for me to create, you know, a short PowerPoint, talk about some of the benefits of uh, LinkedIn and how you can use it to develop your, your profile, market yourself. And so that that's really started me on the, uh, on the program. 
I uh, also started volunteering at a local network group. I live in McHenry County and they have a workforce network, kind of part of the government job service program, so to speak. And I started volunteering there. I did resume critiques, doing mock interviews with people, helping them improve their verbal communication and nonverbal communication skills as well. So it all kind of gelled together. And uh, 2010 was a hard time here in the States. I mean, there were literally people who had been looking for a job for two, two and a half years. They're starting to worry, how can I pay my mortgage? I'm emptying out my savings account. So I really took it upon myself to really help as much as I could to anybody. So it sounds pretty much like a mission which you are out there on, um, basically helping people to find their ideal jobs and, uh, you know, lending their, you know, perhaps the lifetime opportunity. How satisfying that is for you to actually, you know, help them with, uh, with that? It's probably the most rewarding job I've ever had. Um, but, but I don't think of it as a job. And, and I really don't think of it as work. And, and maybe you said the word best, kind of a mission. Uh, it's immensely satisfying to get the call or an email. Hey, I got a job offer. I'm starting next week. You know, there's nothing better than that. I mean, that is so rewarding. And there's, there's the aha moments that, that I get it, you know, um, in doing meetings, especially um, the mock interviews, helping people realize they need to talk differently about themselves. And I always like to use the example of a guy who was in the hazardous waste material industry. Okay, so he'd been in the industry for 10 years. He's out of a job, he's looking for work. So we're kind of going through a mock interview. I'm looking at his resume. And then I see very much at the end of the resume, proudly served in the US Air Force. It's like, oh, okay, so what did you do? Well, I was a crew chief on a B-52. And I'm thinking, oh, a crew chief. Okay, so you supervise people. Yeah, I had about nine to 10 people that I supervised on the ground and in the air. I said, okay, and a B-52, isn't that the plane that carries the nuclear weapons? And he said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had, you know, dummies, but we also had the live uh, stuff as well. And I said, okay, so let me see this. You were a supervisor you managed people, and you worked with hazardous material during your military career. The room got brighter. He got it. And it's like his military history was so close to his current status. And, and I think after that point, he realized, I should talk a little bit more about that service. Excellent, excellent example. Thank you very much for this. And uh, you're basically uncovering a little bit, uh, probably, your, your strategy, how you work with people. And I'm really interested, you know, how, how, that, um, how that works. Um, can you tell us a little bit, little bit more about how you, how you work with the individuals and uh, how you turn it around? Yeah, um, a lot of times people will come to me and say, well, can you look at my profile? And it's like, yeah, I can take a look. And then I'll, I'll kind of review it. And, but usually the most question I'll start with is uh, when you're sending out your resume, are you getting callbacks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, great. That's good. It's working for you. 
If, it, if it's not, it's almost kind of like a, a flow chart. If it's not, well, then you need to change it up. If it is, great. So you're getting callbacks. Are you getting many face-to-face -face interviews? Well, no, I'm not. It's like, oh, okay. Well, then maybe we need to kind of discover what's breaking down on that pre-screen phone call. And, and there was one example of somebody who was in a CFO role, very smart, well-developed profile, getting lots of callbacks on her resume, but she wasn't really connecting on the face-to-face -face interviews. So we started talking and it was kind of funny because usually I'm really attuned to people and then, you know, we're going through different questions and then I said, oh, so you worked at such and such a company, are you still there? Well, no, I'm not. Well, can you tell me what happened? And so rather than doing a short two or three sentence statement, she went into a five minute dissertation. And it's like, I, I think after about three minutes, my eyes glazed over. Uh, I, I was like, oh man, I tuned right out. And then I asked a couple of other questions. And then I came back and I said, you know, I think you need to be a little more concise in some of your responses, because when you drag it on, people will get lost. So a couple of months later, she ends up in a job. Uh very interesting. And that brings me to another question, which actually uh, would be about the profile and about summary. So what is what is actually important from your perspective? Uh, what do you say to, to a job seeker? Should they, be, should they be worried about or should they be focused more on a headline? Should they be more, more focused on the about summary? Uh, should it be more about, should they be trying to get some recommendations and all these kind of things? So what, what is what is the, 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 the good mixture, I would say? Wow, that, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so much difference. I guess the, the thing that I like to do when I'm uh, doing a LinkedIn presentation is really make the, the statement about LinkedIn profile is not a resume. Yes, it contains elements of your resume, but it's so much more. You're limiting yourself to one or two pages of text, here on the profile, you're really building up a marketing profile for yourself. There's so many different elements that are important. I think the headline is really important. Uh, it's critical. A lot of people just have vice president at Lodestar Research. Okay, well that really locks you into a time and place and doesn't really relate any of your transferable skills and such. So I really talk about skills being more prevalent there. Um, the about section, sometimes people just skip right over it. I, I, I'm always shocked. And there's a good chance to kind of do your tell me about yourself or your elevator pitch in a scripted out form. And of course, the thing that people miss out a lot is any kind of visual media, maybe a PowerPoint presentation or examples of their work that they could load up on a slide share and link back. Um, work experience. There's so many times I see people who have work experience and they just list the company and the position. They don't really talk about any of the achievements or metrics. So, I mean, there's some of those bullet points that are on your resume should be on your LinkedIn profile. But the thing that I try to impress on people is when you've tried to limit it to two pages, especially if you've been a longer tenured worker, 
you, you've eliminated some of those bullet points off of your resume. Well, you can put those back in on your profile. Um, we also talked to, you also mentioned recommendations. But before I would get to that, I'd actually look at skills. Are they utilizing all 50 skills? A lot of times people will have three, maybe six, sometimes maybe even 20 or 25, but they're leaving those extra skills that they possess on the table by not putting them in. So I always encourage people to have 50 skills. Um, and then of course, recommendations, the proverbial digital letter of reference is really important. It really adds validity to your worth as a potential employee if people have said good constructive things about you. So, and of course, the other thing about that is being current. If, if you're in job search mode and your recommendations are from 2009, it's time to get them updated. <laughs> so you want to be current. Yeah. Bruce, what do you think about, about these headlines, which I, I can see very often, I think many of us uh, can come across these uh, seeking for new opportunities, uh, job searching mode, all these kind of things. W would you recommend that or not? No, not at all. It, it's okay to put that kind of statement or something in the about section, but for the most part, your headline really should be about your skills. Now, some people feel a little funny about putting their skills. Okay, you don't want to put your skills. Put in at least a, a very descriptive tagline, something like a bilingual marketing manager looking to help French and American companies expand their marketing presence. So much better than marketing manager because it defines the person's bilingual. They're working with French and American companies. You could even throw in international somewhat, you know, because maybe they're just dealing with people in Quebec versus talking to people in Paris, but yet you get the drift. Um, the, the other thing that I think is important too, that I kind of glossed over is activity. Let people know you're out there, you're existing. Um, recent example is you put a post on about having your banner and customizing it. And you use the reference of like, how many times do you go down the road and you see a blank billboard? That's like, aha. I've been talking about people customizing their LinkedIn banner for years, but I never thought of that analogy. I think it's great. So I reshared that post and I've already had like a uh, hundred plus views and stuff and two likes. Thank you for the like. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Actually, would you, would you recommend for people who are uh, searching for a job uh, to post? Uh, would that increases their chances to land their you know, dream job? Yeah, I think it does. Um, especially if you're following companies. Ideally, if you're in job search mode, you've targeted several companies that are the ideal place to work. You know, you get in, maybe they're not, but you still have to have some targets. How do you know where you're going if you don't have a, a plan? So as you, you target several companies, you start following them. And then Following them means you look at their updates, go to their webpage, not necessarily their webpage, their LinkedIn profile page, and maybe they're posting some activity, like, comment, 
and share that with your network. And that shows that you're engaged with that company. So if you are applying and the recruiter's looking at you as a viable candidate, oh, they're already engaged with our brand. That gives you a little bit more of a leg up on the company than somebody who's just applying willy-nilly. I'm, I'm kind of curious about, about this because I, actually, honestly speaking, I'm not in that uh, or I've never been in that position searching for job uh, on LinkedIn. I've been always uh, you know, on my own. I, I have my own business. So, so for me, it's kind of uh, interesting to look at, look at the LinkedIn from this perspective as a, as a job seeker. Would you recommend uh, to approach directly, for example, the CEOs or CFOs of the company or procurement, for example, or would you rather be uh, targeting people like the recruiters as such? Uh, what, would be your, what would be your advice? I guess it depends upon your level. If you're in a C-suite level, yes, then I would probably reach out to those fellow C-suite people within that company. But if you're in a marketing director, you're going to want to take a look and see who in that company you maybe are connected to or what former employees you might be connected to. Kind of get an understanding of the company. Understand the culture. Yes, some corporate cultures are toxic. Others are really a perfect fit. And I think by looking at some of the individuals that are there, connecting with them, and then seeking it. Because if you can get ultimately somebody inside the organization to present you to HR, in addition to maybe applying to a specific position, then you're going to be in a better position to actually succeed in getting that, that role. Um, a lot of times, though, in today's job search, it's more networking than finding a specific opening. You know, um, One of my former direct reports back from my Nielsen Media Research days this guy always comes up smelling like roses because he's got the networking aspect down. Uh, you know, my Jerry is the kind of guy that, you know, finds out, Oh, they eliminated my position. And within two months, he's already working at another position at a better rate and a better fit. It's just amazing how well that guy has landed on his feet time and time again. How long, uh, actually, how often would you, would you recommend to somebody uh, to spend on LinkedIn? What, what is the ideal time um, on a daily basis um, or on a weekly basis? I don't know. What, what, is, what is your take on this? How, how, how long should one spend time on LinkedIn? It, it depends upon what they're doing. If they're in job search, half hour to an hour, uh, they could spend longer. The, the big mistake people make is being on the computer all the time. Um, it, it, it's kind of like put the social back in social media, doing networking, you know, so you're online, you're doing a few things, but maybe call some people, set up a coffee meeting, or maybe an informational interview, uh, put the social back in social media, you know, uh, don't stay on the computer all the time. Uh, if you're in, business development stuff, you're going to do a lot more background work, creating um, prospect lists and such using LinkedIn and some of their search algorithms and such. So you, you might be spending more time. When you look at that, the average user 
spends 17 minutes a month, some of us are much higher on the curve than others. I probably spend a, at least an hour a day on LinkedIn, but that's using the desktop and my mobile phone. You know, use mobile quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, Bruce, that brings me to another question. Actually, how do you personally use LinkedIn for getting business, uh, sorry, getting leads for your business? Well, I'm not sure I really get leads. <laughs> a lot of people come to me. I do regular presentations and invariably there'll be a person or two that wants to connect afterwards, people who want to get some advice. Um, and it, it, it happens generically. I mean, it's like, and there, there are times, not, not very frequently, but there are times when you get a client should I be working with this person? It doesn't happen very often, but once in a while, it's like, you know, I shouldn't be working with this person. You know, it's just like if you give advice and they don't take it, how can you help them? You can't. So that, that's the downside. Fortunately, that is the minority of people I've dealt with. But I've, I've dealt with a couple of people that were like, they don't get it. That's, that's very hard. That's very frustrating for me. Bruce, you've been, uh, you've been on LinkedIn for so many years and you have so many experiences. Uh, is, there, is there anything which stands out? Like a, some, of, some, of the, some of the story which you remember and you will, you will treasure that because, because it was something really uh, heart-touching, heartwarming, some kind of experience which really stand out uh, among the others? Wow. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot right there, right? You, you are putting me on the spot. Um, I, I think I've got to go. There's not any one specific thing. Um, but there are things that do stick out. Uh, and going back to the career stimulus program that Harper College had, um, I met several other individuals. Um, Another person, uh, his name is Bruce Bixler. I think you recently connected with him. Well, the Bixelator, as I lovingly refer to him and I, do um, workshops together and stuff. And so we'll talk about different things. One time, the Harper College Career Stimulus Program asked Bruce and a guy by the name of Harry and myself to lead a panel discussion. It's like, oh, okay, well, we'll do that. So they marketed it as two Bruce's and a Harry. And so we, we uh, had, a, had the meeting. There were probably about 50 to 60 people in the room. And it was kind of a panel discussion of the job search process. And Bruce and I are pretty much LinkedIn gurus. I hate using that word, but for lack of a better term. And Harry was the marketing guy. And so it was kind of a different spin because we're talking about the practicalities of using LinkedIn and Harry's talking about the marketing. And of course, um, fast forward a year or two, we're doing a, a, a workshop and we asked Harry if he'd like to join us. And so we're talking and at that point, uh, Harry was talking a little bit about it. And 
in his discussion, he talked about how the Bixelator and I, he gave me a nickname that didn't stick, the Bixelator did stick, um, how we're very different. And it's like, think of, think of us three, the two Bruce's and a Harry in a boat, and we're fishing. And Bruce, myself, being the kind of guy that's going to tell you how to bait the hook and get it in the water to attract the fish. And then the Bixelator is the guy who's going to tell you, well, this is why you do it, and this is why it's better to do it this way. And then Harry said, and I'm the guy who's going to tell you how to make the worm look pretty. So that's always struck me as like a really defining moment because that's what I'm about is really empowering people to build a perf profile that, that really stands out. Hmm. Uh, obviously, again, because of your experiences on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, time to time I've hear, uh, I hear that uh, some people, they come across um, some, you know, being hustled, being, you know, bullied in some way or another. Uh, did you have any kind of experience like that? No. Um, the most I've had is um, a few spammers connect. Typically, when I, when I do a presentation, it's not unusual for me to get requests to connect. You know, you know, a couple of times I've been fooled. There was a profile that, you know, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I think I remember her from the audience. So I connected, and I noticed that at that point she had about 75 connections. Well, within three or four hours later on, she had up to 200. So you know, that's kind of strange to, to grow that quickly. And then, of course, the next day uh, came the first spam message of selling something. And that's when I remove the connection. But it's it's very rare to get that type. But it does happen. And I'm connected to people around the globe, from uh, India, China, Japan, um, Germany, Spain. Uh, that's actually prompted me to another question, which is uh, nowadays we see on LinkedIn a lot of these um, lion movements. Uh, I, I think you... you uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about, this LinkedIn open networking thing. What do you think about, about these tactics and, uh, you know, where it stands in, in your kind of, kind of line of work? You know, it, it's, it's funny you bring that up because uh, that's, I would call, almost call another defining moment. When the, the lion was big back in the 2010s area, you know, I didn't want to reach that level. You know, it's like, no, that's, that's, that's just not me. And at one point, my daughter said to me, hey, dad, you got 486 connections. You're almost a lion. You better uh, go through and delete a few. And it's like, oh. So I did go through and, and some people who I hadn't connected with a long time, I dropped it down. But then after a few more months, I realized well, there's no big deal about getting over 500. So by then, I, after that point, I finally realized, grow my network uh, and grow my business and my, my personal wealth. So mm -hmm. um, I, I've never looked back. It was kind of a silly idea back then, and, but hey, you learn. I know you mentioned, you mentioned a few names uh, during our, our uh, video interview and podcast. Uh, 
But still, I would like to ask you, is there anyone who you follow on LinkedIn who I would, I would say uh, can be um, your LinkedIn guru or somebody who you learn from? Uh, are there some, some people like this who you, who you follow and who you really like what they do on LinkedIn? Well, I do like to follow Bruce Bixler. He, he really is on the cutting edge. Um, you know, I know I know quite a bit about LinkedIn, but I always am humbled when we're doing stuff together because he shows me stuff that it's like, OMG, I never realized that capability. Um, also, another person that I kind of follow is Dennis Curtin. He's another coach here in the, the Chicagoland area, and he's very good as well. Uh, there are a couple of other influencers. Uh, Liz Ryan is one that puts out some articles from time to time. Uh, there's another career coach, too, here in this area. Uh, her name is Deborah Rooney. And uh, I've looked at a lot of her different uh, posts and stuff. And it's not unusual for me to share uh, her post, one of her most memorable ones, where there was an image of somebody holding a handful of seeds. And she talked about how um, job search is uh, kind of like farming. And of course, without the, the post in front of me, I won't get it right. But it was like, oh, this is great. Because she's talking about how people sometimes get locked into a specific job that they've applied for, thinking it's the perfect job, and they're done. They, they're, they're not expanding. They're not continuing their search. And she said, you know, basically, farmers plant many seeds to reap a harvest. They don't agonize and become emotionally attached to one seed. So, you know, I basically forwarded that on and said, hey, here's a great farming analogy uh, from Deborah Rooney, farming and uh, job search analogy. That's interesting. Uh, that actually, actually, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting to look at it look from, from the perspective. And uh, I was actually wanted to ask you also about, uh, so, what what other things the job seekers can do uh, a part of of LinkedIn, or do you think that that should be the only activity, or should they add something else? Um, how they how they should go about the searching for their for their ideal ideal job? You know, I, I mean, it seems simple, but just by creating a job search uh, agent on LinkedIn, you know, you, you've got the capability of selecting 10 different job search agents. Um, so targeting specific uh, positions, areas. Um, I, some people are more married to industries than others, but you know, a marketing manager, director of marketing, marketing manager of sales. And there's so many different ways to phrase the, that one job. So creating those different things. And LinkedIn, I would say, is a primary source, but you have to keep your eyes open. Uh, I encourage people to do Twitter. That's, you know, you can find jobs on Twitter. You can find jobs everywhere, but it's really networking as well. So attending networking events, whether it's offered by the local church or maybe a community group, or maybe there's a network after work, uh, which is a, a thing here in Chicago. Actually, it's across the states too. So, by going there, meeting other people, learning what they know or what they've heard about. I've always thought of LinkedIn as building a network of connections. 
and creating an advocacy group for yourself. Now, maybe you don't find the right job for yourself, but you see something that's relevant for um, Will. So you, you say, hey, Will, I found this opportunity. I thought this might be of interest to you. So it works both ways. Hmm. Um, do you see any common mistakes people are making on, on LinkedIn um, while they're searching for the job? Yeah, I, I think the common mistake is, is really not developing your profile, leaving the about section empty, or looking for that next great opportunity in their headline. Uh, those are really big mistakes, in my opinion. Another one that, that doesn't come about very often, but not putting a personal photo on your LinkedIn profile. I, I think you need to have a passport-like photo that really shows your smiling face, and, and that kind of builds instant trust. You know who the person is. You can recognize them. You can identify with them. And who can identify with a gray avatar? Yeah, that first impression is extremely important, right? Uh, that's uh, yeah, always very, very important to take care of it. Uh, one of the last questions which I would like to ask you is what, um, if, if people are, uh, will be listening to this, to this podcast and uh, walking away, what would be the one thing you would like them to take away as an action point? Uh, what, did, what they should take away from this, uh, from this podcast? I think the thing I'd want them to take away is that your LinkedIn profile is never finished. It's a work in progress. It's always something that can be updated and changed, whether it's adding some activity, uh, sharing some knowledge, information, to changing your about section. It's a work in progress, just like a resume. There's always some tweaking that can be done. Bruce, thank you very much. It was uh, absolutely awesome talk to, uh, talking to you today. Uh, but before we go, I would like to ask you, just uh, direct us where people can find you, if they will have some questions, perhaps uh, if they want to work with you, where they can find you. Uh, look for LinkedIn, Bruce A. Bennett. Um, they can also look at SlideShare and uh, Google me as well. Because uh, I'm there, I have a lot of my presentations that I've done posted on SlideShare. They're also on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, they can always send me an email, Bruce A. Oh, well, B A Bennett seventy three at gmail .com. So uh, that's that's always a good way to get a hold of me. And um, they can listen to my podcast, uh, which is B Squared Discuss LinkedIn. Bruce Bixler and I do uh, podcasts, uh, put out short audios on different elements that are functional for LinkedIn. Uh, they can also find me on WordPress, uh, Career Coach Corner, uh, where I post things and usually also have a, an upcoming events blog uh, page as well. So they can see, hey, I might be speaking here or there, uh, although the last couple of months have been more uh, virtual events than in person. 
Yeah, I think I think especially especially that podcast with uh, B squared, which you which you mentioned, it's absolutely awesome. I I listen to it um, very very often, and I find it extremely helpful. Thank you for that. It's it's an awesome activity, and uh, and you're really sharing a lot of wisdom there. You can I can I can feel you know the number of years you know of the experiences you're sharing there. You know, it's it's amazing. I've always been attuned to computers and technology. And when, when you think of LinkedIn and how it started in, you know, back in 2009, there were 40 million users. And now there's over 640 plus million. It's changed drastically in usage, as well as the content and format that LinkedIn does. So it's the kind of thing where you need to stay abreast of it. And that's one of the things Bruce Bixler and I always prided ourselves on is being on the cutting edge, understanding the new aspects and elements that need to be incorporated. Once again, thank you very much, Bruce. It was absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank you very much. From uh, yeah, I see, I see you sitting on your porch, uh, just right behind your garden. It's fantastic. It's awesome <laughs> to, to see the view and the beautiful river behind you. Um, fantastic. Thank you very much once again. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. It was great chatting with you, and, and thanks so much for finding me on LinkedIn. Thank you.